welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. My name is Phil Nason. He's Antonio Darkangelis, and we're here to talk PGA golf with you today. What's happening, dude? Uh, not much. Um, you know, the Genesis Open was kind of an interesting interesting tournament. Uh, those putting surfaces. But uh, I kind of have a feeling that maybe some of the guys who faltered a little bit last week could put it together this week and, and do well. So, I don't know. I'm psyched about golf lately. I really had a lot of fun last week uh, putting the article together and doing the podcast with you. I'm looking forward to another fun week. Yeah, I think so. You know what? It's a no-cut event, so we don't have to worry. You know, I had five golfers make the cut in one lineup, and the guy who hurt me was Furyk. Yeah. Yeah, I had uh, I had six out of six on a couple, um, but it was weird because the guys I had uh, kind of faltered again, faltered a little bit on Sunday. We saw some four putts. From some guys, um, even a five putt from from somebody else. I forget exactly who it was, but I think there was a five putt on Sunday. And Bubba sucked. So, yeah, Bubba. And you know, again, I, I I was one of the few who wasn't all over Bubba, so I was happy that that worked out. Uh, Tiger made the cut and and had a couple disastrous nines, which knocked him out of contention pretty early uh, on the weekend. But we saw we saw Rory contend, um, and we talked a lot about him. And the really surprising thing for me was Justin Thomas playing as poorly as he did and striking it as poorly as he did. That was surprising. Well, he has another chance to redeem himself. But at ten thousand eight hundred, is that a price to pay for redemption? Well, I think we might prefer the guys uh, just a little bit above him or a little bit under him. I'm focusing on those elite guys in that high price area. Um, my pick this week to win is Rory. Right. Because I think it's all kind of working out for him. And, you know, DJ's a pretty good pick for, for top five. Um, but I'm looking at John Rahm, who's 10 6, and I'm looking at Xander Shopley, 9,400. You see lower ownership on him. There are some good, uh, good projective, projected ownership levels here but uh Dustin Johnson is I think he's my favorite um I like John Rahm and I like Shoffley but you know who else I like in that top tier and you mentioned him in your article and you can find it at Win Daily Sports is Bryson DeChambeau nine thousand dollars for Bryson I think he's probably my guy maybe we'll have to see we still have a couple of days to figure this out but you like Bryson, right? Yeah, I mean, I think he. I wouldn't play him in cash games, um, and he didn't fare too well here last season. Uh, for me, he's a GPP only play, but he's he's a different golfer this year than he was last year. Um, I, he's, if he's made the necessary adjustments and can put a little better, we could see him fare quite well. He's beefed up, and he's a little bit longer off the tee this season. So I do like Bryson. I don't think the ownership's going to be out of control on him either. And when you say uh, longer off the tee, you're going to have to be here. Yeah. I mean, we can talk a little bit about the golf course. I think uh, we should. It's it's 7,300 yards, but it plays shorter. So it's not necessarily that you have to be super long. It's that I think length will be an advantage. Some of these guys can get really close off the tee. 
DJ and Rory are going to be really close on some of these par fours. And it's, of course, because of that out that crazy elevation. It's I think it's 7,500 feet in elevation. Right. Um, we've seen some of the longer guys play well here. DJ won here twice. Um, won in 2017 and again in 2019. And Phil actually won here in 2018. He's not in the field this week. Phil uh, Mickelson. Neither folks. is not Phil Nason. Yeah. Phil Mickelson. <laughs> yeah. Are you? Are you? You're not in the field this week either. I, I wanted to play in the pro am, but I, I have a, a tennis exhibition to play, so I can't. Um, but there are some missing names, so we can pay attention to that. At no Brooks Kepka, no Tiger, no Tony Finau. Uh, Patrick Cantley's taking a week off, and no Justin Rose this week um golfer type guys who can win obviously guys like rory long off the tee and you know cameron smith and charles howell both did really well in their debuts here with top 15 finishes and that was just last season so guys who are a little bit longer off the tee and putting again uh not not a huge important factor it's more of an equalizer on these poana greens People are missing short putts on this surface, and that's probably going to continue this week. And, you know, what we saw at Riviera was you don't have to putt out of your mind to win. You just have to be pretty consistent tee green and maybe roll a few putts in. Tiger dropped that first putt. It was about, what, a 21-foot putt? And then he didn't make another one the whole weekend. So, I mean, it's important to putt, though, I think. Now, the focus stat categories are strokes gained, Approach, opportunities gained, bogey avoidance, birdie or better percentage, proximity from 100 to 125 to 150 yards, and par fours gained. Those are your main focus stat categories. Now, you mentioned a model last week, and a lot of people asked me about that, and I didn't even know what you were talking about. What model are you using that people can actually go to and check it out? Well, um, a lot of the models that you have online are, are subscriber only. Okay. So you have to pay kind of a, a fee. And, you know, um, I was working off a trial membership, so I don't have the same models available to me this week. We're going to see if, if my budget allows for me to <laughs> do it again. Um, but, yeah, a lot of times you can sign up for these things and just categorize things by all these stat categories. Uh, last week we, we, we used those about six or seven different stack categories to come up with a model. The third pretty well. I don't necessarily think the models are as important this week because, you know, you can kind of look at those categories and know who's going where. And some of the models, some of the model failed us in, in some cases last week too, where a lot of these guys were way up towards the top, like Bubba and um, Justin Thomas. I mean, they, they didn't do, they didn't do well and they hurt a lot of our team. So, um, I'm focusing a little bit more on uh, form and golfer type. I really like a lot of the European golfers this week, uh, especially some of these value guys that are that are under eight thousand. Could really fare well here. Okay, now I'm over at Fantasy Golf Insider, and they have one now. Models, you know more about this for golf than I do. Is it necessary to have a model and have some kind of? Uh, extracurricular help other than like what we provide at wind daily i don't think so well i think i think what we provide at wind daily is going to help you out patrick uh does does a lot of stuff in his article on insight um 
and you can kind of see exactly the stuff I'm talking about in, in his. Plus, he looks a lot at last 50 rounds, last 25 rounds to kind of help with form and work that into his models. Um, but, again, there's no, there's more than one way to skin a cat, especially in golf. Golf is is probably has as much variance as, as any of the four major sports. Um, it's most probably comparable to baseball in terms of its variance. And it's, you know, and it's a lot higher. The variance here is a lot higher than an NBA or an NFL, clearly. Right, of course. I guess, I guess my point is, is that models are nice. Spreadsheets are nice. You know, I use a notepad. I'm an old guy. I, I know how to use a spreadsheet, but I just don't have time to do it. It's easier for me to just write it all out on a notepad. Um, and now, how do you prepare for one of these tournaments? Let's, let's kind of help people build lineups today a little bit. Okay. Uh, well, I, usually what I'll do is I'll build some of my value guys that I like first, and I'll maybe drop in three value golfers who I think have a shot at top 20. From there, I'll look at guys. I, I need two guys that, that have a really legitimate shot at winning, and maybe a third if they, if they hit the ceiling could win. Um, but yeah, I'm looking for probably three or four top tens and the rest of the guys kind of rounding out the top 15, top 20 finish. And if, if, if we're looking at top 20 finishes, we want to look at some of the odds that are available to us. Vegas gives us a lot of these odds that we can exploit. So if we see that a guy is 20% to finish top 20, that's a pretty good bet. That's a guy we want to include in GPPs, especially at some of these lower prices. Um, but there's no, I don't have a tried and true method. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of folks will make sure that their exposures are limited to a certain percentage range. Sometimes I get a little out of control with my, with my ownership levels, uh, over 50%. And a, a lot of guys who play PGA DFS won't do that. They won't go more than, especially when they're multi entering, let's say they have 20, uh, let's pick like one of these 20 entry max tournaments. They'll never, they'll never go over 50% on a guy. So they won't have them in 14 out of 20 lineups. If, you know, this may be a week where I'll go 14 out of 20 with Rory, uh, just to, just to make sure I'm, you know, way ahead of the field in terms of ownership. But again, that's probably only going to happen in some of the lower, uh, the, the lower stakes events, because I just don't have the bankroll to be, to be entering 20 or 50 or 150, which is the max on some of these big tournaments. You know, that makes sense too. It really does. Um, bankroll matters. Um, bankroll management matters too. And what you're doing is bankroll management. You know what you have, you know what you can spend and you're going to stay in the game as long as you can. I think that's important. Now when a tournament like this though, everyone makes a cut. We don't have to worry about guys not making the cut, but what we need to do is we need to find guys who are going to score. And Rory McIlroy is going to score. So if you have fourteen of him in 14 of your 20 lineups, that's being smart. Yeah, I mean, he needs to avoid those huge scores, right? Like he made that one triple bogey last week. He can't have stuff like that. That's what knocks you out of tournaments. That's what really hurt him on Sunday. Um, and again, this is the third course in a row where these guys are playing on Poana Greens. So they may be a little less frustrated this week than they were in the past. And they don't have that added pressure of having to make the cut after two days. So maybe that 
maybe that opens them up and they can get a little more aggressive with their putting. I mean, last week we saw Matt Kuchar do really well, largely because his distance was perfect on right. all of his putts. I don't think that guy – I mean, he had distance down, and when you get distance down, you're going to be, be within uh, within 18 inches just about every time. It's very rare that you'll, that you'll read a putt so badly that you'll be two feet off. You know what I'm saying? Right. That was one thing. My father, like I'm a golfer, and my dad was a my dad was a was a really good scrambler, and an excellent putter. And one of the things that he told me early on in my career was, um, career my in my right right right. I we, started yeah. golfing as a kid. Huh. One of the things he told me was get distance right. Make sure you get distance right. You're you're you can kind of see where the putt's going to go for the most part, but get that get the feel, get the distance down, and a lot of these guys work on that for hours. When they do their when they do their um, their putting training, well, of course they do, because you putt for dough. Now we've gotten a look at the top guys. I'll probably have the most exposure to Dustin Dustin Johnson because I think he's going to win. Um, let's look at the mid range guys, Luis Luis Oosthuizen. We got Paul Casey, Sergio Garcia, Gary Woodland, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Rafael Cabrera Bello. And then you also have Kucher in here, Patrick Reed, Colin Morikawa, Cameron Smith, Abraham Answer, and Victor Perez. Now, how, who do you like in that group the most? Um, I like Casey a lot. He's a really great ball striker, and he's putted well here, which is, is usually one of his major issues is his putting. Um I like I like Casey. I like Sergio Garcia. He's played he's played excellent golf here. Three straight top fifteens, top tens in his last two. That putter gets hot. We could see a breakthrough week weekend. And I think a sneaky play might even be Gary Woodland because I mean his his biggest question mark is strokes gained approach because uh, he's not the greatest ball striker in the world. But he could change that up a little bit by getting out there and really getting aggressive. Uh, with some of his putting, so he, and he's a guy who nobody's going to really be on. So he's a GP play for me, um, and and again, that's for multi-entry. Right. Um, we could see Matthew Fitzpatrick finally break through. I'm still waiting for that to happen. He's a Euro golfer who's done well on on the course that's kind of comparable to this, which is the one where they play the Omega Masters in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. um, that's the Cran Sorciere. Uh, and, and some of these European golfers are really where I'm focusing. Um, that in, also includes, in that value range, guys like Bernd Wiesberger, who could do really, really well here. And he's coming off two missed cuts. But those are the Euro Tours desert venues in um, Abu Dhabi and, and Dubai. So he's going to see lower ownership. He's the 23rd-ranked golfer in the world. Right. He's won three times in the past year. And this course fits him really well. Yeah, but again, he's coming from uh, Asia, right? Uh, he's coming from the desert. He's coming from the Middle East, where right. that was the last stop on the Euro Tour, and there was two missed cuts. But those courses are completely different than these. This 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 course, which is elevation, and has surfaces more similar to the courses he's used to playing in Europe, and the courses he's he's won on. And seventy four hundred dollars is good salary relief, right oh. there. Super, super cheap. He's a more expensive on FanDuel, right? I think. Uh, yeah, he is. But, he's eighty four hundred there. 
Yeah, the but but that's comparable. I mean, that's not bad considering at, uh, the FanDuel pricing. Tyrell Hot Hatton. What do you like about yeah. him? Um, I like the fact that he's seventy two hundred uh, or whatever seventy four hundred, whatever he is. He's he's really cheap. He's played well here, so the course history is there. The only thing we have to be concerned about is his wrist because he had wrist surgery and this is his first start of 2020. Right. So as long as he stays out of that deep rough and doesn't injure his wrist, I think he'll be okay. Yeah. And he's going to get the whole, the full complement of four rounds too. And that's a big thing. Kurt Kitayama, 7,200 on fan or DraftKings, And I like him the best of all oh, these young guys. Yeah. What, I mean, a sleeper play too. You're not going to see huge ownership. Um, he's experienced at all kinds of different services. So I think, again, frustration level should be relatively low. I don't think he's going to get too bent out of shape if he misses a few putts. And that's important, especially when you have the full four days guaranteed, uh, barring injury, of course. And I, I like his game. I like his – he's a ball striker. And, again, GPPs, we could see lower ownership. And who knows? Maybe a top ten finish for Kurt. Maybe so. Charles Howell the third. Man, he got me too because one round he was minus five, another round he was plus five. He was awful. He's at seventy one hundred dollars. It's a fresh week. He finished fourteenth in this event last year, and he's got the length to do it. Can he get off the Schneid and do something this week? Yeah, uh, one thing that I liked about him is, I mean, he he played out of his mind on the back nine on Friday to make the cut. I think he was like five or six under, some some I think like five under. He he made a ton of birdies. Um, good ball striker, a decent bet for that top twenty. If you're looking for top twenty guys, and the price is just seventy one hundred. I don't think I'm going to go overboard. Folks went crazy last week with, with Howell ownership. For some folks, it was 30 to 40%. Right. And that really hurt them. I'm one so of them. I think I'm fine if I'm where the field is at Howell, which is probably around um, anywhere from, from, from 10 to 18% in this event. You know, these guys who let us down probably let others down. Low ownership is a beautiful thing in a GPP. Eric Van Ruyen is the guy I'm going to go with as my main, main value play. He let me down last week, but I think he's going to be okay this week. He's super talented. Uh, among those golfers at like 7K, he's right up there with anybody. Um, Scotty Scheffler's another guy who has lots of talent, um, both playing for the first time in this event, and this is Scheffler's WGC debut. But they're both talented enough to shine. They're both talented enough to finish top 15. And there's not a ton of golfers, 7K and under, who have that ability. So those two I'm focused on. Another guy is Lanto Griffin. Yeah, I was going to bring him up too. What do you like about him? Well, he's long enough he, to, here. And uh, he's got a shot at a top 20 finish. At that price, I'm going to have some exposure in, in tournaments. And it was encouraging to see him make the cut. Uh, when he wasn't on a ton of the models last week, he made the cut and he finished in the top 40. And that was in his Genesis debut, which is, as you know, a tough course to play if you've never played it before. Sure is. So the fact that, yeah, so the fact that he did well there makes me think he 
could do well here. They're, they're, when we look at the course history of moving from the Genesis to this event, um, last year you had a bunch of guys who were in the top 20, top 10 at the Genesis finish well in the WGC Mexico. So uh, some of the guys who, who did well last week, we can look at again this week. I just don't know if I'm looking at a guy like Matt Kuchar, whose game doesn't fit as well here as it did uh, in L.A. And here's some more names for you guys out there. Matt Wallace, Danny Willette, Christian Bezaduhu. That's You want me to give you well, – I mean, uh, that's an interesting one. It's Bezudin Be- – Bazudenheit. Okay. Bazudenheit. Right. I, like, I was uh, confident. Yeah. You can take, you call him Christian Bazudenheit. If we just start calling him Mr. Gazentai, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I don't know who we're talking about. Right. I hear you, but it's tough. But he's in there. Carlos Ortiz, Mike Lorenzo Vera, and Jorge Campillo. Those guys are all very cheap and, and, and good fits for this course, I think. This is going to be a real good tournament and a real good opportunity to make some cash. And we're going to have everything for you at Win Daily Sports. There is no one who has more coverage of golf than we do. We provide you with four articles and a podcast every single week at Win Daily Sports. $19.99 is all you have to pay per month, and you get everything that we have to offer. Projections for the NBA, projections for NHL, projections here, there, and everywhere. We've got it all. Sign up at Windaily Sports. Antonio, you got any last words of encouragement for our listeners before we let them go? Uh, make sure you do some research on these Euro golfers. I think there's going to be two or three of them in the top five, and half of the top ten is going to be the European golfers. Yeah, the Europeans are tough. I, I love European athletes i've coached them for over 20 years i love them i love this tournament i love working with you until next time for antonio dark angeles i'm phil nason thanks for listening to the wind daily podcast